0: going everybody welcome to the third line plug sanscast i am your host taylor gibson joining me as always from the tropical metropolis of calgary alberta my co-host tam jancy tim i gotta ask matt oh it's because chelsea's in the background i wonder why you're looking behind you there bud
1: <laughs> i mean it's not like anyone could see that once we actually do the episode but uh
0: no no we get i know and there's no like closed captioning or any of this stuff because we're an audio podcast not a video podcast how would you do close Oh, we could do like
1: described audio for the visually impaired. Remember when like TV shows always used to advertise that they had described audio for the visually impaired, but you had to have like a fancy TV to actually access it. So it was like, here's this nice accessibility option that literally nobody has access to. You
0: know, what's funny. Do you remember when, I don't know if it was for every TV, but there were certain TVs that had the, the closed captioning where it was just like the words on the screen. Yeah, Not every TV had that.
1: Yeah. I remember a few of ours had them. and. I still remember one day I was watching King of the Hill and for a lark, I had them on. And uh, for some reason, it was just like a bunch of curse words in the word and euphemisms for penis.
0: I'm like, Oh, somebody got fired. Oh, I think I know. I know what episode that is. That's the one where Peggy teaches sex ed.
1: No, 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 It was a completely unrelated episode. It might've been the one where the truck got hit by the train, like entirely unrelated episode. And yeah, no, it was just like a bunch of curse
0: words and euphemisms for penis. Yeah, that's a good episode. Actually, I do want to ask, I don't know if you have Disney Plus, but do you notice King of the Hill is now on there? I haven't looked, honestly. Yeah, because we just use Chelsea's dads. Yeah, it's funny, like even for myself, like I have Disney Plus, and even though I have all the seasons on my laptop, I still was so geeked when <laughs> it went on to Disney Plus.
1: Well, it's like if they're putting out a new show, it just stands for a reason.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Katrina got super geeked last week when she found Bear in the Big Blue House, is now on Disney+. Plus. I forgot that show even existed. That's almost like a fe- weird fever dream, eh? A lot of the shows from that era kind of were. Yeah, Bananas in Pajamas. No, that's just Aussies. Fair enough, Aaron. Fair enough, Tim. Fair enough. So, Tim, I'm very excited to get together today, not only because this is the first time in our f- series history... We have three consecutive games in one week to talk about, plus we got a great cover athlete to talk about, but before we do anything, I think we got to do a little Don't bit. Don't you mean three consecutive wins to talk about? Yes. Thank you. I I can't believe we've
1: been doing this show for five. Count them. Described audio, Tim points to his first finger, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, five. No, wait, wait. Five.
0: Sorry, Tim. You mean... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you mean thumb, index, middle, ranking? Uh Oh, thank, plus you, second thank you, thank you, thank oh,
1: you. Plus second thumb. Oh, yeah, we are on season six. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, no, I can't believe it's taken us this long for the Seds to string three wins
0: zero. I know. Believe me, this is going to be such a fun episode to talk about. <laughs> now, we do got to do a little bit of housekeeping. Before we get into anything, now... Since May of 2019, our listeners would know that we always close out the episode with you can find us on the National Podcast Network. We usually give the link to the website and whatever that the network is on. Unfortunately, we were informed this past Monday night that the partnership between Third Line Plug and the National Podcast Network is come to an end. And it's because National Podcast Network has come to an end. Come to an end. And it's very sad because we were one of the original podcasts. I think we were one of the f- podcasts that wasn't a Flyers podcast to start off with on there. So we definitely have an allegiance to that. We were so excited when we got there. And I, we've talked about this in the past, Tim, on the show. Like we've been contacted by networks in the past. And some of these even offered financial incentives for us to join. But for reasons that we won't get into right now, obviously we didn't choose them. We chose National Podcast because they just gave us the freedom to do what we wanted to do and there was no contracts, nothing, any of that stuff. So I was very, very, very disappointed to hear that our partnership ended. I do want to personally thank Daniel Esh for inviting us on back in May of 2019. And of course, keeping our podcast in February 2020 for an exclusive interview. It's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird that third Eye plug for the first time since 2019 is a free agent. Well, The other thing is, is like we never really did,
1: made much out of that other than just mentioning it at the end of the episode. It's like when you mentioned it last after last episode, like, hey, is this even a thing anymore? I'm like, I don't know.
0: yeah, because I, I noticed that I saw on Twitter they hadn't updated since July, and I said to you, and I was like, I think maybe I should reach out and see what's going on. And that's when Daniel informed me that the podcast network has. Come to an end. So I know our listeners want to know, Tim, how is this going to affect third line plot going forward? I I cannot think of any way this is actually gonna change anything. No, (laughs) content-wise, it's not gonna change. Tim and I are not gonna change, other than now, Tim might do some close captioning when he has to count on his hands and toes. But that's I mean, that's been years in the works, though, Tim. That's not even a new development.
1: Described audio, Tim brushes hair out of his face
0: yes is this just gonna be a bit now yeah pretty much <laughs> so i know our listeners would like to know so again what does this mean for third line plug we've already mentioned content wise is not going to change the show might not change now do we have any plans to join another network currently no but if there's a network out there that is interested in having this we'll definitely listen like we're not completely closed minded Think like, oh yeah, we're not going to join another network, whatever. Like if it's like the hockey podcast network or another podcast network out there, you know, our DMS are always open. We'll definitely listen, but for now we're just going just to enjoy don't slide on in there. I know. Look, if you're going to send picks, make sure they're wiener dog picks. That's the only kind of wiener pick that I want to see. Okay.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. So Tim, do that think that's out of the way. Let's talk about, our cover athlete for today's episode, Season 6, Episode 2, in chronological order, Episode 126, the Eric Branstrom edition of the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. So, just a little background about Eric Bransstrom. He was drafted 15th overall by the Vegas Golden Knights in 2017. He was traded to the Ottawa Senators as part of the Mark Stone deal in 2019, and he is currently in his fifth season with the Ottawa Senators, recording two assists in five games for the Senators this season. So Branstrom, he's a guy who's take. It's always
1: been hard for Branstrom to kind of find his footing in Ottawa over the last two years, and especially the start to this season, you can really start to see what Pierre Dorian saw in Eric Branstrom. Like it, that first pass is absolutely lethal.
0: It is. I'm, mean, you know, and we've talked about Eric Branstrom in the past. Tim is that when he has confidence in himself, he looks like a young Eric Carlson out there. When he doesn't have the confidence, he looks like a plug. He just looks like he's there, especially in the last couple of seasons when DJ Smith took over. And I think we commented last season on the show is that, especially when Shabbat was injured, was that Branstrom came into that role, did very well, but then he would have games where he would make one mistake and DJ stapled just him stapled play. him. Yeah. Cause
1: like, in a third what's very interesting about Eric Brantstrom's time this season and to the end of last season is you actually started to see the creation of the brandstrom Shabbat pairing and that was definitely a defensive pairing that if you needed a goal it would at least give you the firepower to get it
0: yeah and definitely when we get to these games that firepower is there so
1: yeah so at 23, we're still scratching at what Eric Branstroms can be, but he is definitely, at very worst, a competent puck-moving defenseman.
0: He very much is, and you see it when you when he has the puck. Is that have you ever seen guys really hit him? He's kind of like Alex DeBrinket when he has the puck. He knows he knows how to bounce off a guy. He's almost like like say you watch lacrosse when a guy yeah. has a ball and a guy comes running. Right out, And them. they
1: just spin off them, right? Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I see with Eric Brastrom. I see that with the breakout. I see that with a lot of the smaller players in the NHL is that you need to learn how to do that. Yeah, otherwise you're just going to get pasted, right? Yeah. Wayne Gretzky was one of the first guys that figured that out because Gretzky played lacrosse. Gretzky was a smaller guy. Gretzky was the one who figured that out.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of smaller guys have been taking advantage of that. And one of the nice things for the very, as young as the season is, the Ottawa Senators are a play-driving team when Eric Branstrom and his most common defensive partner, Nick Holden, are on the ice. So I think that bodes well for Branstrom's continued deployment and development as a defender in the NHL.
0: Yeah, and I also want to comment, I think it's really great that we're finally seeing him in that solid top four minutes, because that's what you were seeing is that DJ Smith was just kind of using him as a sixth defenseman, seventh defenseman at best? Yeah.
1: Well, luckily Nikita Zaitsev has uh, been the one who's sta- stapled to the press box. He we've seen him once in five games this season, and I can't really imagine that number going up.
0: I completely forgot he actually has played a game this season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's played more games than Ethan Bear.
0: Yeah. Possible future Ottawa Senator Ethan Bear? Just saying. Maybe. If we can dump sites, him. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would be nice. I'm not going to lie, Tim. That would be awesome. So, Tim, now that we've talked about Eric Brastrom, let's plug next week's cover athlete poll because next week's episode is going to be season six, episode three in chronological order, episode 127. Now, we've got some names on the board, Tim. We've got Peter Schaefer. Alex Kovalev, Curtis Lazar, and Dylan Gambrell. This is another one where it's like very
1: different people for different stages of the Ottawa Senators, because like we do have Peter Schaefer who I believe was involved with that 20- 2007 Stanley Cup run team then yep. you get Alex Kovalev in the what exactly are the Senators' years? Then you have uh, Lazar from the Hamburger run and finally into Dylan Gambrell, who I don't think's actually played a game for the Senators yet this season.
0: No. Now, as I'm just looking at the poll currently, Alex Kovalev is leading with 67% of the votes. Neat. Yeah. Lazar and Gambrell have gotten none. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's kind of sad, though. This past week, we hit 400 followers, and now we're down to 399.
1: Uh, a bot probably just got pruned out. If we just keep making good
0: work, but we'll be back in no time. Fair enough, Tim. Fair enough. Now, Tim, I've got to ask a question for bud. A question that I love asking you every single week that our fans love hearing about. How has your week been going? That's been going pretty good.
1: So uh, for a long while, Chelsea and I had two TVs, one for a retro TV and, uh, sorry, retro gaming and one just for everything else. The retro gaming one was on the floor. So we're like, okay, let's get a new entertainment center and we'll get everything uh, together. And then our TVs won't be on the floor. It all look nice. Life's hunky-dory, right? And so we get it. We look at the ad. It says, fits a 36-inch TV. I measure both my TVs. It's like, okay, these should fit the dimension that I think it is based on the ad. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sure, we'll go pick it up. And it's this big thing. It's Big Wood has three basically two shelf pieces that are quite large shelf pieces and one central piece that holds the TV. And uh, the he's like, okay, it's uh, 450 bucks. I'm like, yeah, we'll give you 450 if you help us move it. And he's like, okay, yeah. So it's him, his two sons, his wife and his daughter all helping, them, helping us move this thing. And it's quite the production because like the middle piece is really heavy. And uh, we get into the back of his truck though. And then he realizes that he doesn't have a thing to like tie down something to setting. So he gets like, it, it bought strapped at the bottom, but it's starting to rattle at the top. So he's like, you know what? We got to tie it down a little bit. Better. And so he goes and he, g- he gets his straps. And it's like, Oh, it's not long enough. And the gentleman who sold it to me, dad, older dad, and like the son's like, Oh, maybe we just like wrap a blanket. And we attach two of them. And he's like, no, I've got just the thing. And you know when a dad says, I've got just the thing. You know, there's only two ways this can go, right? Oh, yes. It can work perfectly or it's going to be an utter shit show. But either way, it's just going to be absolutely janky, right? I've got a
0: funny story for you after you tell this.
1: Yeah. So what ends up happening is he gets an extension cord and (laughs) wraps it around the top and puts it into itself.
0: And to his credit, it fucking works. That's amazing. You know, what's hilarious when you were talking about that old TV, our listeners would probably remember. I can't remember which season it was you were talking about when you Chelsea bought the thing. Cause that was when you dropped it. Wasn't it? That's I Dropped it. Yeah. So the story gets better. So we get
1: it all, we got everything back in place and I try to put the flat screen in. It doesn't fit. It's about half an inch too wide. So then I'm like, okay, it says it fits a 36 inch and it's square. So it should fit the big TV. I measure the big TV. It's bone inch too big.
0: Oh, exactly. So, an inch, not even yeah.
1: like a fifth. Eight. No. So what I noticed is that, well, if I put the TV diagonally, it fits in the cabinet, like the flat screen diagonally, it fits in the cabinet. So I bought a wall mount and because it's an old TV mount for a tube, it's got a hole in the back. Mm-hmm. So you can like fit the back of the tube out and it can vent exhaust, right? Yep. So... <laughs> Now we have a a te- T like this cabinet and then going through the cabinet is a 30 inch long wall mount with the TV. That's actually because it was just half an inch too long wide on either side. It's now like perfectly framed right, by the cabinet. So we had to like move it all around and it's like really janky to kind of get it back into the- <laughs> back into the cabinet, but it does work. And now we find so we have an entertainment center for both TVs and our living room is complete at a bit more grandma core than it was before. But it did require about 16 extra steps and drilling into my wall. Yeah, just because you had to. Yeah. Well, it's like, I guess I could have just like not bought that drilled into my wall and just mounted the T te- the widescreen. But I was like, I like having the entertainment center. So like yeah. this.
0: No, I know. I totally get that.
1: So this worked out really nicely because like the shelves that came with the entertainment center, they have, they, you, they, the, the wood on the back their Oak was slightly perforated. So I could punch out holes to run cables through. Mm -hmm. So in one of the bookshelves, I just have like all the modern consoles just kind of nicely in
0: the bookshelf. That's pretty good. Actually. I really like that. It's funny. Like even the entertainment system I have right now, it has like, it's, like, it's a wide one because I had to get it when I bought the, my yeah. my new TV. So, basically, I have, like, two compartments and, like, a long shelf plus the little book cabinet thingy right there. Yeah. And I have it on cinder blocks right now because you have to – and you've, you've seen it, right? Like, the white one I have next to my yeah. computer. If I was to put that on the ground, do you know how tall that thing really is? It's probably only about two feet tall, right? If that. Yeah. Maybe because- it's just, like – not even halfway up. Yep. Because my, it's intended
1: for a couch, right?
0: It's intended for fucking something. I know that, but even <laughs> the one I have, uh, my old one, which I tried to sell was smaller. It had no legs. It just sort of sat on the ground. I tried selling it. It didn't work. Now, actually I do want to tell the story because it's funny. You're telling me about that old guy saying, I got, I got something that works. I got so, something. But okay. So uh, one of my mom's old coworkers recipes? He's uh, not with it anymore his mom and dad used to live on the main strip of Chimena's. Yep. Very actually more closer to the theater and where the pizza place is in the corner. So anyway, so he lives on one of those houses. So my stepdad and I, we go over there cause we're getting, what the fuck did we get from him? I think we got a dresser. It's maybe a couple of night tables. I think we got from him for like a room. So the night tables fit in the back of the truck. No problem. The you know, the whole um, dresser yeah. fits in the back. The problem is, we had to take, because of the room, we had to take the drawers out. And so my stepdad, he tied it all down and whatever. So we're driving down the highway. We get past the silver bridge where the farm market and all that stuff is in. Like if you turn off towards like Crofton, next thing we know, shit starts falling out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the on the fucking highway so we pull over it's the shut it's the drawers so we run out under the highway grab it. we see people okay fuck there's somebody coming so I grab as many as you can somebody ran over one of them
1: holy shit
0: they didn't even move just went crunch oh <laughs> we were pissed oh that was not cool
1: no but also you're just like spilling crap all over the highway right
0: yeah and like you know, non-intentionally, right? It just was falling out of the back. So we did our best to try and get it out. And we get back to the house and my mom's looking at it like, hey, where's one of the drawers? And he's just like, don't ask. Uh, <laughs> oh, good Lord. And I don't know why I, I had never thought, I hadn't thought about that in years until you brought up that story. I got something. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny. You talk about the entertainment system. My dad had something very similar to that. And it was a, I remember him saying it was like a heavy fucker too, when he got it out of the house, when they got rid of it. Right. Well,
1: remember these things were designed to hold tube TVs and a decent sized tube TV is going to be anywhere from 75 to 150 pounds.
0: Oh, easy. So that
1: to hold a tube TV, that fucker itself has to probably be at least 50 to 100 pounds. But the nice thing is, is once you get that thing on casters inside your house, you're actually not lifting it. Mm-hmm. it. It just slides. It's got so much weight that it actually does most of the moving itself.
0: So true, man. So true. So I guess I can talk a little bit about my week. Didn't really get up to much. Just working. I will say, though, I have started work on the new episode of The Great White Experience. Ooh, what you doing this Saturday. time? I will be doing a 30th year anniversary of the debut album of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Neat. I think it's next week. I think it turns 30. So good episode. And, yeah.
1: Is there anything that you want want to say that you think you're going to talk about? or?
0: Well, we'll definitely talk about like the blending of like hip hop with rock music and Rage Against the Machines impact on those later bands in the late nineties, Tom Morello's guitar approach, all that cool stuff. So we'll definitely I'll definitely talk more about that. Yeah, there's not really a ton I could really talk about for this week. Right. Not an alright week. Can't complain. Watching no. hockey. I actually, got my girlfriend's anniversary gift in the bag right now. Neat-neat. Now obviously we won't we won't spoil it, but you already you obviously know what it is. Yeah. So I got a bag for it. I want to show you how big this bag is because... Described audio. Tay is picking up the bag. Taylor has left screen and is picking up bag. <laughs> okay. Look at the size of this. Look how, okay. Now I know on the screen, Taylor is demonstrating bag.
1: Bag is taking up entire space of camera.
0: Yes. It's in the bot. It's like right there. You can see the crease where it is
1: there is a crease about one third
0: of the way up the bag. Yes. Taylor demonstrates with finger. <laughs> <coughs> We're going to get shot for doing this. Oh my God. Hey, well, what's, what are we going to do? Get dumped by a podcast network. I would like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good time. Good. Time.
1: Laughs a dead network.
0: Yep. I mean, you know, as much as I can sit here and kind of make fun of the fact that we got dropped him. It would only delay, delay, delay the inevitable that it's time to segue into this little segment. I liked call. No, actually, sorry. Hold on a second. There's something we didn't talk about, Tim. Last week's episode. Oh, hey. I thought it was
1: pretty good. Uh, Kelly called us on talking about Derek Broussard again. Yeah. <laughs> and just the awe of the number of teams that one man has played for.
0: Even though it's and I completely forgot about that, that we had talked with it, talked to her about that when she was on last season. Okay, you know what my all-time favorite somebody calling us out on Twitter is? Uh-huh. It, I can't remember the episode. I can't remember which season. I remember Ben Bishop was with Dallas. Do you recall when you and I were talking about a game between Dallas and Ottawa, and the stars pulled Ben Bishop with like 10 minutes left to go, and I was kind of like. Why, why would they do that? That just seems stupid. And somebody on Twitter heard this and was like, well, actually, somebody, uh, you know, and they actually presented, like, evidence as to why this would be an okay idea. And you and I were just like, yeah. you listen that deep into the episode? That's so nice. I know. And it wasn't Tim, and it wasn't even Adam.
1: No, no, but it was, no, it's awesome when I uh, get good interaction with uh listeners so yeah if we ever say something dumb just be like yo what are you guys on
0: i know well i mean it'll never be as good as mac and his talk about uh what was it lawnmowers no it was the uh the yeah the weed, weed whacker. whacker yeah no i is
1: there any appliance for hard maintenance tool that i'm looking for right now <clears throat> oh i'm trying to find a good Ellie good small LED light bulbs to replace the light bulbs in the... Yeah, so the entertainment center that I bought has like cabinets on the top that have light bulbs in them. And it's just old incandescents right now. They're like a small type S, like just little small buggers, but they get so hot. I'm like, I don't want to put my figurines in here with these on because it, it will melt PVC.
0: What if you... Uh, here, here's a good one. What if you do, say, those LED strip lights?
1: Well, it's like it already has the lamp in there. Right. And I don't want to like rewire it. Because like it's actually just like the lamp is installed into the top. So I would have to like take out the lamp, rewire it and make sure all the wattage is correct. Yeah. When I would rather take out incandescent light bulb, put in LED light bulb, described audio. Tim is removing a light bulb.
0: Yes. He is going counterclockwise, not clockwise. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, maybe we we'll have to get McKinnon on that. Yeah. Maybe we'll give some uh, pointers or Tim. Yeah, honestly, I'm just trying to imagine what that would be like, actually, with a, a lamp ins- inside of it. I don't think I've ever seen one of those.
1: No, I can't think about it either. Anyway. Yeah. Now we could go on to <laughs> that little segment you like to call. Top of the hour.
0: That's not a bad little throwout that you threw up there, Tim. You kind of gave me a little alley-oop, and I slammed it, dunked it. Yeah, we should do that more often. We should, man. We should. Now, talk about talking with the others. Now, there's one story that, unfortunately, I failed to mention when I put in there, so I'm going to mention it now. Toronto Police, de- for- former Toronto Police defenseman, Boring Solomon, released a video letting his fans know that he's doing okay with his recent battle with ALS that has leave- left him speechless it's really sad
1: and it's sad to see that like a lot of the those leaf heroes are starting to get on in age
0: yeah because i I remember last season we talked about george armstrong when he passed away right we talked about how he was with the first nations community and i believe i mentioned that steve dangle who always said number 10 on his jerseys in his videos changed it because of george armstrong because he wore number 10 so, yeah, it, it's really sad. As much as I don't like the team at all, you got to respect the players. Mm-hmm. Well, except, for Matt, except for Matt Sundin. He can fuck off. But.
1: <laughs> Is there a little bit of Vancouver fans still in you, Tay?
0: A little bit, a little bit. Is that
1: Audio. Tay nods his head.
0: Tay <laughs> hey, also reached off of the air. So, we actually got to give a couple of shout-outs, Tim, because we've got three players who reached career milestones this week, Tim. We're going to start off with Pittsburgh Penguins captain Sidney Crosby passed Alex Ovechkin for 19th on the all-time points list with 1,416. Crosby, drafted first overall by Pittsburgh in 2005, had recorded two goals, five assists for seven points in four games for Pittsburgh at the time of the story. You know what?
1: I'm absolutely here for sidney crosby continued to be insanely productive despite being in his mid 30s the guy missed so much hockey good entries that you know what he kind of deserves it and i want to see how far up that list sidney crosby can go cuz this is a guy who faced an insane amount of adversity throughout his career but never faltered and like after an amount of concussions in quick succession that ended a lot of other people's careers. The man comes back and basically wills the Penguins to two Stanley Cups.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because when I look back on those early 2010s Penguins and you think that Sidney Crosby's career almost ended in like what, 2011? Cause he had the concussions back to back.
1: Yeah. And they were nuts concussions too. Like he had like his head fully piled, drived into the boards for one of them.
0: Yeah, it's incredibly, it was incredibly, incredibly sad to look back on. And of course he broke the sense hearts a couple times during those years, but I do want to talk about Crosby here for a second, because, you know, it's, it is really crazy. And you made a great point there, Tim, is that the guy is 35 and he's still one of the best players in the game.
1: And I can't believe I got him 10th round in our fantasy draft.
0: I know, man. I know. Actually, I do want to bring up one little stat that came up this week. Do you know that Sidney Crosby has a love for baking? Baking? He actually does baking, yes. Apparently, according to his teammates, he brings baking into the locker room all the time. Oh, that's awesome. I kind of wondered, though, what do you think Sidney Crosby's specialty is? Like, what do you think that one baked good that he does that he just is really good at?
1: Ooh, that's a toughie. He is a good Nova Scotia boy, so I could see him being down
0: with the apple crisp. Yeah, I I could see that. I could see that. What kind of apple crisp? Well, that's the big question. Probably heavy on the brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Honestly, I I would be interested to see what Sidney Crosby's baking would be like. Can
1: I go off on a complete tangent? Yes. This isn't about City Crosby. This is about fantasy hockey. And how I, I have realized I am massively not a fan of leagues that only allow you to update once a week because of how insanely punitive getting an early week injury is. Yep. So I lost Aaron Ekblad Monday. So I had a whole week with only three defensemen. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Like that just actually leaves way too much for random chance.
0: Right? Well, it's funny because I'm looking at our our list right now and you're absolutely right. I mean, I lost Quinn Hughes. And for yeah. me, it's like, I would love to change that. But I did pick up Jake Sanderson this week. So
1: uh, I ended up picking up Keadre Biller and Gustav for- Forsling. Because I've already lost. I just lost Josh Norris. I lost Nikolai Ehlers. And yeah, I lost Aaron Eckblad. So I lost three good guys. I lost three good players. exactly
0: happened to you last year too, right? Was that you had Mark Stone injured. You had a couple other guys that just dropped like flies.
1: Yeah. And Austin Matthews has done fucking all.
0: Going back to Sidney Crosby here for a second, Tim. Now, you know me. Seahawks fan. Russell Wilson was our quarterback for nine seasons, 10 seasons. So he's with the Denver Broncos now. And he recently had a hamstring injury. He made a comment that was so cringe (laughs) that I looked at that. And my first comment was, was he always like this or did we just look past that because of how good he was on the field? And I think about, Crosby because Crosby is only a year older than Russell Wilson. Sidney Crosby has not said anything cringe due to his injuries. No, he really hasn't. No, I do want to ask though, going back to Crosby's bacon though, cause you're from Nova Scotia. Yeah. What is like the, uh, like for Nova Scotians, like what's the most common baked good that you would see that I would,
1: I, it's still like at a bake sale. It's still going to be cookies. Yeah. It's still going to be your chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Like it's your bread uh, and butter.
0: Outside of that, but what about like at like family gatherings?
1: Family gatherings, you see a lot of pie, a lot of pie, a lot of cake. We did get a lot of apple crisp.
0: <laughs> so is apple crisp kind of the national, the dessert of Nova Scotia? Uh,
1: I don't think I'd say that. Oh, we got a lot of blueberry pie. Cause there's getting really good blueberries in Nova Scotia.
0: See, I'm not crazy about blueberry pie, to be honest with you. I don't know. I just I've always been more of a sour cherry pie guy myself. See, I'm also not crazy about cherry pie. Really? Except like the song cherry pie, which is so terrible that you can't help but kind of like it.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Actually, you know what's a really good pie? Strawberry rhubarb. Oh, that is good. I know. Actually, a very good one. Like a really, really basic, but really good apple pie to me. Uh (laughs) Near, near to my heart, Tim. So let's talk about another generational talent, Tim, and Connor McDavid because he passed Robert Lang and Bobby Russo for 246 overall on the all-time points list with 704. McDavid drafted first overall by the Edmonton Oilers in 2015 had recorded five goals, five assists for 10 points in four games for Edmonton at the time of the story. I'm sorry, but I watched the NHL's Instagram video, like story, TikTok video, whatever they did of, they did like the remake of the full house theme or the full house intro where they had the guys waving at the camera, Connor McDavid, he's still got those serial killer vibes. I don't know. I mean, if you, if you had seen the clip, yeah. if you had seen the clips from the Dahmer thing on Netflix and you saw it face to face with McDavid, you're like, Oh God.
1: Yeah. But the man's also going at two points a game again. Yeah. And I'm stuck here with Austin Matthews.
0: I know, I know. Do you think Connor McDavid would say anything cringe if he got injured? I don't think so. No. He seems so boring and bland. That it's just like. Did you see his house? And the heated driveway? Okay.
1: I'm going to defend the heated driveway. Yeah. Have you been to Edmonton?
0: Yeah. The heated driveway seems like a really good idea
1: the all white interior. I'm just
0: like okay. serial killer. Serial killer. Although I do want to make a comment about like the heated driveway because now does it melt ice as well? Cause that's what I'm thinking. It right? should. If, if it melts the snow, but not the ice it's slick as fuck.
1: Yeah. It should melt the ice as well.
0: Okay. Toronto police captain John Tavares recorded his 900th career point during the team's game versus the Arizona coyotes on Monday night. Tavares, drafted first overall by the New York Islanders in 2009, had recorded one goal, four assists for five points in three games for Toronto at the time of the story. Another guy who's just kind of bland and boring. Yeah. And I don't know, he exists. Yeah. I do. You know what? Tavares is one of those guys that. I'm not surprised he went first overall because you saw the talent when he was in junior, he goes to the Islanders. So you're not surprised, but how much do you think the shit he gets nowadays is just because of that contract? If he was oh, it's entirely. Less, yeah. If he gets paid much less, you can make a very good judgment, but if you're getting paid that much, you're expecting Matthews sort of play out there. Not this season, obviously, but you know, in the past. Oh
1: yeah. No, no, no. I am right there with you. It's that contract is probably pretty impossible to play up to. Like, let's be real. hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of that is just you're getting paid. Austin Matthews money. You got to be putting up like you're getting paid. Austin Matthews money, you're getting paid. Breadman money, you're getting paid. Uh, Nathan McKinnon money, you're getting paid. actually Kutrov gets paid less than you. Yeah. You better be putting up numbers like those guys.
0: Yeah. As much as like we can huck shit at Matthews, at least he puts up the points.
1: Yeah. Or we could just pretend to be Dom's model where everyone's worth like $18 million a year and uh, decide that, oh, it's not miscalibrated. Everyone's just worth that much.
0: That just seems like such a Leafs thing too, eh? it.
1: This is someone who does, quote unquote, advanced statistic modeling in Excel.
0: I mean, it's not as bad as <laughs> Kelly Rowland, who is responding to a text message in Excel. It's on the same level. Is it, though? Is it really? About there. See, I wonder how many people are going to get that reference I just made there.
1: I mean, you're in- talking about a 15-year-old music, almost 20-year-old 20 years music old, video. Though. It came
0: out in 2002. Holy, f-
1: that's incredible.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now, another story we've got to talk about, Tim, is Calgary Flames forward Milan Lucic, who played in his 1100th game during the team's game versus the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday night. Lucic, drafted 50th overall by the Boston Bruins in 2006, had recorded one assist in four games for Calgary at the time of the story. What's really interesting about Milan Lucic, Tim, is that he's definitely been a guy over the last several years His name has become a bit of a joke because of his play on the ice. But what I think is really fascinating, Tim, is that despite all this, Milan Lucic not only has lasted this long in the NHL, but he's put up 1,100 games in the best league in the world. That's nothing to sneeze at, man. That is no – you can make shit all you want about Lucic, Gotta give him
1: that though. Yeah, like he's been fairly robust, so you have to give him that. Uh, and I believe back when we were we first started doing those uh, season preview shows, we asked both the odd uh, sorry the Edmonton and the Calgary blogger about that Gould trade
0: and Preston uh, Preston Hodgson about this.
1: Yeah, and they both said their team and given only one of those guys is still in the NHL.
0: Yeah. It's honestly crazy, but you know what though? Milan, you know, we were talking about Tavares and that contract. I think Milan Lucic, I think he also gets kind of put in, he gets put through the ringer because of that contract. He was given in Edmonton. I think if he was getting paid less money, I think people would be, he'd be given a lot more rope. Oh, for sure. But you know what, when you're getting paid that money, you're expecting top play. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, it's as we said about uh, John Tavares, right? If you're getting paid $11 million, you're expected to play like the crust of the NHL. At $6 million, you can overlook a lot more, mm-hmm. but you better be at like, you better be playing at like second line level, let's be real.
0: Yeah, and that was the thing with Lucic and Edmonton is that I also still don't think... Edmonton, I think they kind of didn't really know how to utilize Lucic properly. Like in Boston, what was Lucic's role on that team? Stand in front uh, of power the power forward. Yeah. Standing for like Brady Duchak, put him in front of the net, somebody get a shot off. What was his role in Edmonton? Skate down the ice with the puck.
1: Yeah. And like he, he did a little bit of that in LA, but in LA, he was also standing in front of the net. Yep. And like he, and I think him and Eric Gabranson too were major beneficiaries of Daryl Sutter hockey, where you have this very strong moving team, but also has places for guys who might not skate as well, but can still throw a body. So, yeah,
0: well, with those kind of players, you need to hide their flaws and highlight their attributes.
1: Yeah. So, like Milan Lucic, he, Looked a lot better when Daryl Sutter came in. Does he have a new lease on life? Honestly, maybe he. I he probably retires at the end of his contract. But you know what? Almost fifteen years in the best league in the in the world, where he actually did put up decent enough numbers. He can't sniff at that.
0: No, I think he put up 30 goals in Boston, so you can't, yeah. you, you can't fault him for that, Tim. Now, we're going to move away from talking about Sheet's current team in Calgary to his former team in Los Angeles, because the Los Angeles Kings have announced they will retire Dustin Brown's number 23 on February 11th, 2023. Brown, drafted 13th overall by the Los Angeles Kings in 2003, spent his entire NHL career with L.A. recording. 325 goals, 387 assists for 712 points in 1,296 games while winning two Stanley Cups with L.A. in 2012 and 2014.
1: Dustin Brown is such a
0: fascinating player
1: because he was one of those guys who anytime there was a trade rumor out of L.A., it was Dustin Brown. But he basically spent most if not his entire career there. And he may not have been a superstar, but he was a damn good
0: player. Yeah, I think what's really fascinating, Tim, and you know, we talked about the 2003 NHL entry draft in redraft. A great segment, which if I wasn't traveling this summer, we would have brought back, but unfortunately is what it is. So we talked about the 2003 draft. Now, do you mind really quick, bringing up the 2003 draft class of the first round? Look at the three picks three la had three picks in the first round dustin brown went 13th look at the picks that went after him for la so after la
1: you had brian boyle and jeff tambolini still good players yeah, yeah jeff look, tambolini not so much but well look brian at the players that
0: they passed on though
1: yeah Corey perry patrick eaves Louis,
0: you know what? It's it doesn't
1: look other than Pat Corey Perry. It actually doesn't look too bad. What about Parise? Parise is so far down, and Perise and Patrice Bergeron. You're getting into the middle of the second round, so you can't even really fault them there. Yeah, Shea Weber is middle second. Same thing, right? David Back is late second.
0: I don't imagine how good that LA team would be if they had a Bergeron or Backus or parise holy fuck can you imagine how good la actually would have been with those guys i mean not to say they weren't good not yeah we're, we're talking about in a team 2010 but still <laughs> imagine that roster with those guys holy shit dude right now later on here on top of the air we got a couple of signings a suspension and a player entering the player's assistant program but the big thing we need to talk about tim The NHL unveiled their reverse retro jerseys for the 2022-23 NHL season. Now, I know you probably had a chance to have a look at these jerseys. I'm going to split this up into three categories, okay? Yep. Uh, Here's the three categories. Good, mid, not feeling it. Okay. So I'm going to let you start off, Tim. What jerseys fit into those three categories for you?
1: For the good, Florida killed it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's so gaudy. It's so odd looking. You can't help but actually love it. Oh, it,
1: you can't go wrong with the tropical hockey jersey. Vegas gets style points because there's glows in the dark.
0: And you know what's funny? I actually was going to put, I, I was kind of thinking... I was going to kind of put that in the mid category because you know me, I don't care for jerseys that just have letters on it. Okay. So here's the ones I'm not, But it glows in the dark. That's the only reason. That's the only reason I'm not going to put it in the mid is because of that reason. So for example, like I'm looking at here on the TSN. Okay. Here's the ones I'm not feeling because I hate the words. Okay. Yep. Chicago, not feeling it. Detroit is the exact same one. Not feeling it am I crazy for thinking Detroit and Chicago have
1: identical jerseys?
0: Yeah, no, 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 they do. Except. You don't know. They do. They have the exact same Jersey. It's fucking crazy. So what, what jerseys are you not feeling? That's, that's what I want to know.
1: The the flames Jersey looks weird.
0: See, and you know, what's funny. I, I don't mind it. I'm not going to say it's great, but I'm not surprised they went with that. I mean, after they introduced Blasty, where how can you top Blasty though? That's true. The Anaheim one, they didn't go with the Dixie Cup colors,
1: so that's an automatic fail.
0: Okay, this is one that you were going to disagree with on me. I like those jerseys though. For me, I like the current Anaheim colors. I do like the fact they brought but it back, but it's gotta probably. be if you're bringing back Wild
1: Wing. It's got to be in full 90s bullshit glory.
0: The thing it's got to have
1: the Dixie Cup. The problem is they've done that. No, they've take, done it. Hear it me did- out. Hear me out. You take, you know where the orange sh- flashing is now? You replace that with the design from the Dixie Cup.
0: Okay. Okay, no, okay. Like, just
1: the smearing of color. Like, we go full, you embrace full 90s bullshit. Yeah. You've got a slasher mask duck in front of hockey sticks. You own that. Oh, one more jersey that I'm really feeling. The Pittsburgh jersey.
0: Yep, I have that in a good one. Such
1: a good logo.
0: I love the fact they brought back Robo Penguin. Robo Penguin. Robo Penguin. Mary Lemieux doesn't own the team anymore mario did not like that logo that's why they the penguins never used it right that's why the penguins went back to their original logo because he did not like the robo pen mary lumi is no longer the, the owner looks so,
1: it looks so good
0: we've gone we've gone from Mar- you know what one of the greatest hockey players of all time owning the team to lebron james owning this team oh yeah it's amazing
1: so who knows what else lebron jams will do
0: Okay. What, what jerseys would you put in the mid category though? That's what I want to know. Ottawa. Yeah.
1: I love, I love the 2007, like the 2000 to 2007 away home Jersey. You it's know a what's great Jersey?
0: It, it's, it's funny though. Missing white. You know what it though? It needs white. You and I are on the same page and I was actually going to say this for the last one. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than their original reverse retros. I do agree with you. I like the lettering and everything like the old 2007 sense teams. They brought back the wave. That was kind of cool. Yeah. It also,
1: it's kind of it mid needs white. It needs white in the flash there. And it, if, it also it needs gold.
0: What if it's gold in the flash?
1: Oh, what if it's Senegoth?
0: That's a look that I'm surprised they didn't do, but here's my big thing. What is the 3D logo? The 3D logo. What is your thoughts on that as the shoulder patch? That has a very much SNES feel to it. I like the SNES jersey, so I'm
1: fine with the 3D logo on the shoulder patch, but honestly, they should have flipped them. It feels like it needs a less classic looking logo to really embrace that sort of look, especially on the Adidas fit. You need it. If you're gonna go with the logo, you go one of the 3D centurions or something completely different. Even the peace, even the peace tower arch would look better than just the classic senders logo there.
0: I agree. I agree. Now I do want to talk about a few jerseys here. I'm gonna start off in the good category. Now I'm gonna exclude Vancouver and Washington because we already talked about that in season oh, five. Vancouver's are so good. Those are really nice. And I like the fact they're paying homage to the '60s WHL Vancouver Canucks. Actually, fun fact for you, Tim. You may not have known this. Did you know the PE actually owned the Vancouver Canucks at one time?
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. They used to play out of the PE.
0: Not the NHL version, though. No, the WHL version, though.
1: And the cap. Going back to the '90s Caps jersey, you can't go wrong.
0: The only, and I, you know, it's funny. I mentioned this even last season talking about those jerseys. I wish the Jersey was blue. That blue that they had the black looks good. But the thing is, there's just so many black jerseys now that yeah, it's cool. I, I like it. Like you look at Vegas. I like the Vegas colors on this reverse retro. They do. I think it is very cool that it glows in the dark. It could have had the actual logo on there. I think that would have looked cool. Now, what if they just
1: made up a third logo?
0: That's true. Now I'm going to put it in the good and you know what? You already mentioned it with Florida. I was feeling those jerseys; those were kind of cool. Here's one that would surprise you, though. I'm putting Montreal in this because and I mentioned this, the the Expos colors. That's cool. I now obviously for me, I don't have any fondness towards the Montreal Expos because again, they weren't really a you know they were left when I was twelve. But I have more of an affiliation, like affinity, affinity for the Vladimir Guerrero, like late 90s exposed jerseys. Those were kind of cool looking. So I'm going to put Montreal in there. One jersey we didn't talk about the Islanders bring back the fishermen.
1: Oh, I knew you'd be all over that. I love the fishermen. On the same page, the Rangers bring back the Statue of Liberty jerseys. The
0: Lady Liberty.
1: Yeah. Didn't
0: they do this once already?
1: I think they had it as an alternate back in the 2000s.
0: No, like when they did the first reverse retros. Did they? They might have. Yeah. Those were very cool. Going back to the good, you know what, though? I'm not going to, I'm going to put Columbus in the mid. Because at first I was kind of feeling those jerseys. And then after a little while, I just looked at it. I was like, I'm not feeling it. It's kind of reminds me. Remember when LA did that stadium series game against Colorado? At, right. at the air force stadium where it was like it was black on top white on the bottom and it had like the stripe across it said la yeah at first i was feeling those and i look at them now and i'm like yeah
1: and you're right the rangers did did do lady liberty last time yeah but like with darker colors
0: yes now yeah so i'm gonna put the fishermen and the good the penguins in the good The Flyers one's very interesting, though. Not like the jersey itself is not bad.
1: We're talking the sweatpants.
0: The Cooperals. I am amazed the NHL allowed the Flyers to bring these back because they are actually illegal. Aren't they dangerous? They are. That's why they they banned them years ago is because it's different than hockey pants because hockey pants comes just above your knee. You know, for example, when you play hockey... You slide when you're on those. Now imagine that going right to your ankles. Nope. You're not now when talking. I'm gonna now sticking with the good one. I don't know if you would agree with this. I'm feeling Seattle. I'm low-key feeling it. I don't know what it is. There's something about the striping
1: it striping looks so weird. Yes. <laughs>
0: I, I I don't know, man. Now, one jersey I'm supposed to put in the good Tampa Bay.
1: Oh, Tampa Bays are great.
0: Yeah. Now, actually, the one final, the no, two ones I do want to bring up when talking about the good, I'm going to put Dallas and Edmonton in this. I do like the Stars bringing back their black jerseys, but they kind of a hybrid of like their early to mid '90s star jerseys with like the 90, like like the late '90s star jerseys. Yeah, they're nice. Now, the oil drip for the for the Oilers. People were demanding these, the original reverse retros.
1: People like the McFarland logo.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's funny
1: because there's like, you could tell who's an Edmonton fan and who's not. Because Edmonton fans are just like, oh, this is great. I love it. And East Coast Raiders are like, the fuck is
0: this? Yeah.
1: Like, that's the divide right there.
0: So I do have quite a few in the mid because these are ones that you're not a fan of the bear Tay? the bruin. I, I hate the bear head. I've never liked the bear head. The Jersey is dated. Yeah. Very dated. I get that. The one I do want to highlight though, you know, when you see a Jersey that on paper seems like would be kind of a cool idea but then you see it executed and you're like, why are we doing this? San Jose. The seals. I don't it's know like, how I feel about this. It's a neat jersey. It's, an, are, it's a cool idea. It's a very cool idea. You know what I really actually would have done if I was San Jose? Use the logo? The Sharks. No, not the Sharks. California had, when they were the Golden Seals, they had a logo it was like dark green, kind of like uh kind of like Minnesota. Dark green and yellow. Yeah, but it had a sea that had the seal in the middle. Why does it have the sea but have the shark going through it? Oh, that would have been cool. Because you're blending the two franchises, right? Yep. Are you now, telling me you have the kings in the mid? You know what? I purple and gold is I fly, man. I don't like the Laker colors for the Kings. I've never liked those. You know what I would have done, though? good. No, you know what I would have done if I was L.A.? Uh Uh-huh. Black, purple, and silver. The early 2000s. Right. Jerseys. Those were so cool looking. They they were were sharp. Now, we're talking about... Now, this one's going to piss off quite a few people. Because I know there's a lot of people that have affection for the Minnesota North Stars.
1: Colors don't work, man. I've
0: never liked the North Star jerseys
1: and the logo just looks bad with the yellow instead of the red.
0: Yeah. I'm also going to put Nashville in that in the mid category cuz it's just No, actually, you know what? I'm putting the Nashville's in the bad. It looks I, like a fat tiger. How in the fuck is it Nashville went from having one of the nicest jerseys in the NHL when it was blue, yellow and silver to just fucking yellow? And you know my feelings. You know my feelings when it comes to primary colors. I hate orange and I hate yellow on jerseys. Yep. So I'm just looking at a few of them. LA, eh, whatever. (laughs) Jersey, I don't have much of an opinion on those. St. Louis, I don't like.
1: Ooh, St. Louis is ugly.
0: Another one I'm not feeling is Winnipeg, actually. The Jets. Okay, now when I look at the Jets logo, that's the Jets team that i think of i yeah. don't think of like the lord boschman dale howard chuck era of the 80s i think of the Timo of solani keep the chuck era of the 90s i don't mind the colors the colors are cool i like the logo i think they had a very missed opportunity uh-huh to do and i've mentioned this to you in the past i'm gonna bring up a jersey tim you will know exactly why I'm bringing this jersey up because you're going to look at this. Uh, Do I have it on my phone? I think so.
1: Described audio.
0: Taylor is looking at his phone. (laughs) Yes, Taylor is on Google looking up jersey because, you know, I've always said that they had an opportunity with these jerseys to really think outside the box Okay, so look at these jerseys. Okay. Taylor's putting up phone to screen. You see those?
1: On phone to screen, we have the Atlanta Thrashers jerseys.
0: Yes. Okay, so those are their away jerseys from the late 90s, early 2000s when they were an expansion team. Yep. Imagine that jersey in Winnipeg colors and the T for the Thrasher is a fighter jet.
1: Oh, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be
0: cool. That'd be cool. That's thinking outside the box. Because you're honoring your former franchise in Winnipeg. And you're paying homage to your current team. Speaking about
1: paying homage to your former team. Two jerseys paid homage to the same team this time. With New Jersey paying homage to the Rockies. And Colorado paying homage to the Rockies. If we're going to talk about a lack of creativity. Let's start there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I, I'm always a fan of teams thinking kind of cool jerseys, kind of the ones that are like, oh, that's kind of neat. I think we need to talk about the one that, well, definitely a decision they made. Arizona. They're great. What the fuck is that? Uh, That is
1: desert inspired. It I looks, understand you know what it, it looks like, Tay?
0: You know what? I understand Arizona State University is your new overlords, coyotes. Really, though?
1: You know what it is? That is what Homer talks to the mystical space coyote, the jersey.
0: Yeah, space. that's what that
1: jersey looks like. Yeah, like it's just
0: a floating coyote in the The desert sky. But the colors, though? Actually, you know what? I can honestly see that jersey being one of those that are kind of like the Burger King King jerseys that are so ugly that people end up really liking them. You know what?
1: If I had just had $250 to throw around, I'd get a reverse retro Coyotes jersey. Just because. <laughs> just because it'll sit next to my SNES jersey.
0: Yeah. God. Good Lord. Now, talking about the Coyotes jerseys, though, Again, what I would have done if I was Arizona, one, I'm not paying homage to your new overlords. So do you remember in the late 2010s, early 2020s, Arizona had the maroon jersey with black and white on the sleeves? Yep. Okay. What if you did that jersey with the current, was it the Kachuna?
1: The Kachina, logo? yeah.
0: look. Imagine that logo on that jersey, though. Oh, that'd be neat. So you're blending the two eras. But stay with me, Tay.
1: Mystical Space Coyote on a jersey. The only thing that could have made that better is if they had Homer Simpson hidden in there somewhere. Like if it was just like the same jersey but like Homer Simpson was somewhere on the back. Just like looking up.
0: Yeah, or he's looking um, into the water and his pupils are
1: Yeah, like something like that. Would that you know increase funny? your pity yeah, that, of the jersey?
0: That episode is never mentioned by many fans as being one of their favorites.
1: How? It's so good. But
0: you know what? Johnny Cash did a very good job as a Space Coyote. He It's one of those guest stars that, and I think the Simpsons now could take a re- lesson or two from this. You look at him in that episode, you wouldn't have known that was Johnny Cash.
1: No, someone had to tell me it was Johnny Cash.
0: It was like I was watching King of the Hill uh, last week. Shocker, I know. It was the one episode where Peggy is substituting in high school, and she meets the star fullback, David Kalaliki Ali, who's voiced by Brendan Fraser. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't fucking know Brendan Fraser voiced him. And then, like, the the booster club there, and the main guy is voiced by Terry Bradshaw. (laughs) I've been watching that episode for 20-something years, and only now am I figuring that out. That was Terry Bradshaw, too it's like fatherton in the first season of king of the hill was burt reynolds that's like uh, i mean oh my god not everybody could be like tom petty that has like a guest star and then he just becomes like a part of the main cast tim is holding hand against face tim May was Abituzi. a
1: great character
0: Oh, he was, Tim. He was. So let's get back to talk about some hockey, Tim. Now, we've got a couple of signings we got to talk about. The Calgary Flames have re signed goaltender Dan Vladar to a two year, $4.4 million contract with an AAB 2.2. Vladar had recorded a 1 1 0 record with an 8.968% for Calgary this season.
1: Vladar is an entirely passable backup, which is all Calgary really needs.
0: I know. Fun fact, Tim, we were talking about our fantasy team earlier. My original team name is going to be Vin, uh, Big Van Vladar, <laughs> like the like the wrestler. Nobody in the league got it, but that's okay. Florida Panthers have signed Eric Stahl to a one-year, $700,000 contract. Stahl recorded two goals, three assists for five points in four games for the American Hockey League's Iowa Wild last season
1: forgot that Mark Stahl played at the AHL last year. I mean Eric Stahl? Eric Stahl, sorry. Too many stalls. Yeah. Is that the first time Eric ever actually played in the A? I'm going yep. to flip that one
0: up. I think so. Uh, now, while you're doing that, Tim, I do want to make two comments about the Florida Panthers here. Number one, going back to the reverse retros, you know, as much as I think that's a very cool idea, they did like the that color scheme. What if they paid homage to their other teams by just going teal, orange, and white?
1: Well, that could work.
0: Or black, teal, and orange, like what the, the Florida, Florida, Right. Yeah. The okay. Other comment- so
1: good. Eric Stahl did play in the AHL during the lockout season.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, last comment. I want to make about the Panthers. Cause I don't really have anything to talk about with the signing. Have you ever seen the Florida Panthers 95-96 Eastern, Eastern Conference Championship banner? No. Look this up. This is very, very cool. I re- That's one of my all-time favorite banners of all time, just because of how cool and how different it looks from everybody else. And I wish the Florida Panthers would do more like this. That is weird. I know. So I think we need some uh, close captioning, Tim, on what you're saying. Described
1: audio. It looks like a penis. <laughs> okay, it's got like described audio. It's got the panther jumping out at the bottom. So it's got like rounded bulbs at the bottom for the panther claws. As well as a picture of the Claren- the Prince of Wales trophy.
0: It's really cool. I like it. Now we got a suspension to talk about. Tim Washington Capitals forward Evgeny Kuznetsov was suspended one game for high sticking. Vancouver Canucks defenseman Kyle Burris. I didn't get a chance to see it, so Ooh,
1: this is a nasty piece of work. Like it's completely unprompted. Kuznetsov baseball swings him to the face. That probably should have been more than one game.
0: I know. I like know he was... forfeited some money, and I failed to mention that because they actually had a sense counter on there too.
1: Tim, I like the sense counter. I like the
0: sense uh, counter too. I really do, Tim.
1: But it's like, yeah, no, there's absolutely no place for that sort of garbage in hockey because it wasn't like your usual, oh, your stick comes up during a hockey play thing. No, he took took his stick, both hands, lateral slap across the lateral slash across the face. That should be multiple games at a minimum.
0: Well, you know what, Tim, when we segue into the games here after this next story, I'm going to have a video for you to look up. But... We're going to close out top of the hour by talking about Detroit Red Wings forward. Jacob Verana has entered into the NHL NHLPA players assistant program. Verana had recorded one goal, one assist for two points in two games for Detroit this season.
1: Jacob Verana. He was quite good for Detroit last season and was looking like he was going to be pretty good for Detroit this season. So that's going to be a big hole for Detroit, but let's hope that uh, Jacob Verana comes out better. That's 100%. all you can
0: ask for. Exactly, man. Well, Tim, that wraps up Top of the Air for this week, which we means only one thing. It's time to talk about some games. Now, thankfully, we've got three games, three wins to talk about. Bruins versus the Sens, Caps versus the Sens, and the Coyotes versus the Sens. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time. Time to play the game. <laughs> okay, Tim. Let's start talking about the Bruins versus the Senators. This is a seven to five Senators victory. Bruins goals are scored by Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, AJ Greer, Nick Foligno, and David Pasternak. Senators goals are scored by Claude Giroux, Brady Tkachuk, Drake Bastion, Shane Pinto. Tim Stutzman, Mark Kessel. And stay with me now, Tim. Our time zoom shots were 34 31 for the Bruins. An exciting game overall. The Senators came out flying out of the gate, scoring three goals early. Boston were able to capitalize on their chances as the score went from 3 1 to 3 even to 6 3 to 6 5 to 7 5 Ottawa. Now, actually, sorry, going back to what we were saying about King of the Hill, Tim, I was watching an episode the other night. I didn't realize that they made a Stone Cold Steve Austin reference in one of the episodes. Huh? It was the, I think it was in the fourth season where remember the episode where Peggy falls out, like she went parachute. they uh, jumped out of the airplane, parachute doesn't work, she lands. Yeah. There was like a an arc for a couple of episodes where Cotton helps her learn to walk. And so they're getting to the gravesite, and Bobby walks past this Steven, Stephen Austin. Like the like the Bionic Man or the Wrestler, and I was like, "How am I only realizing that people have a reference? How am I just realizing that the Bionic Man?" (laughs) Now, before we get into talk about any of these things, we need to talk about in this game, Tim. There's one thing I want to highlight right out of the gate. Ready? Home
1: opener sellout.
0: Not only was it a sellout, for the first time since 2016, the official capacity number, 106.2. This is the first home sellout since the Alfredson Jersey retirement night. I gotta imagine, this is the first time since the mid mid to late 2000s, they sold out over 100% capacity.
1: Wait, I was at the last sellout? I haven't lived in Ottawa in eight years. That's incredible.
0: You know what, though? I mean, this whole night was just amazing. Really, because, again, this is the the Senators' home opener for their, I guess, would be official 30th NHL season. Yep. And there was no announcement on who's going to drop the first puck, anything like that. It was just the players got introduced. And the Sens theme keeps playing. But then Beautiful Day by U2 gets faded in. And Daniel Alfredson comes out and drops the first puck. That's amazing. The fact is nobody knew that Alfredson was in the building. And Alex Marchant sends DJ, personal friend of the show. He tweeted out that he was, the next day that he was hoping it was going to be like a wrestler entrance where you don't expect it until he hears the theme music and then he comes out that I could only imagine how hyped that building must have been that night.
1: Oh, yeah. And I can't believe how good of a secret they kept it because they had been planning it for weeks.
0: Right? And it's amazing. It was one of those things where you're just like, it seems almost like, yeah, that seems like an obvious pick. We didn't know anything about that. Nothing was announced. The team didn't announce it. Nothing got called out about it. All we knew was that it was going to be a sellout. And from what I was reading on Twitter, it seemed like fans started showing up to the building about three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. Well, like, even the team was tweeting it out, like, yeah, if you try to get here right for seven, it's not going to happen. And the last time I went to a sold-out Sens game, we just sat on the Queensway. Like, the cars didn't move so yeah and it was funny because like of course people on Twitter were riffing it's like yeah if you leave for the Sens game right now it's already too late the highways a parking lot you will die
0: <laughs> yeah and I was going to ask you about that because I know like you've been to a couple of games in the past I mean understandably like that was the only game that was a sellout but what is the traffic usually like going out to the CTC for just a you know, just a regular home game it can get bad because yeah.
1: again there is only one highway in Ottawa. The Queensway carries basically anyone who wants to come from like Overly-On or downtown out into Canada. so it it becomes a mess. So hopefully it gets a little better when they build uh Le Breton Flats, because you're going to be right at Bayview Station, where uh, both the O-Trade lines, pray they still operate by then, uh, <laughs> will connect and dump people out. So it it is a perfect place for a stadium and perfect place for a transfer station.
0: One of the big things, again, we got to talk about now, of course, Daniel Alfredson returned to drop the first official puck since Alfredson left the first time. What is, what do you think has been the big change with this team? Somebody died. And I do want to talk about this. So the Ottawa senators raised the banner of Eugene Melnick. It seemed like, from what I was seeing, it seemed like I got a fairly positive reception, but I think there was a lot of people that were kind of confused why they were doing this. I mean, I get it. He did save the team. But I think in the last couple of years where you saw how much he dragged the franchise through the mud, there's obviously, there's still a lot of hard feelings towards the fans for Melnick, but... I think I'm not sure where I stand on it. Se. It didn't bother me. It was just kind of like, Oh, okay. I understand it because again, Anna and Olivia are now the owners of the sense. So I get why they want to honor their, their dad that way, but eh, it didn't really bother me. And yeah, no, I think it's fine. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these game this game, Tim. Now, you know how last season we were talking about the B and B line. Yeah. Brady Norris Bath. I think we have a new line in Ottawa, Tim. The backstreet line.
1: BSB, let's go. Brady,
0: Timmy, Bath. Nine points collectively in this game. Wait,
1: we're not calling it the K pop line? No. Batherson, Stutzla, Kachuk, BST? No. No, we're calling it the K pop line. We're doing it. I stand BST. Batherson, Stutzla, Kachuk.
0: All right. Well, as long as you know, the fan base of that line is not as toxic as K-pop fans can be. So I do get a comment like that was such a great line, though. Oh, so good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Drake Batherson, your good buddy from from the East Coast, got his 100th point in this game. Yeah,
1: can't argue with that. And yeah. it was a
0: beauty, too. It really was. Actually, you know what was a goal that was really beauty? Shane Pinto. One goal on two shots. Do you recall the game the Senators played in December of 2019 against Columbus, where Anthony Duclair had the hat trick? Yeah. Do you recall the second goal of that game, where I think it was a two-on-one. I can't recall who was on the. I think it might have been Zingle or whoever on the left side. Duclair's on the right side, and he turns, so he's backing towards the net and gets a shot off
1: oh yeah that was neat
0: that's what shane pinto's goal kind of reminded me of when he dropped to one knee i'm always super impressed with what shane pinto can pull off
1: like that that kid has way too much skill to be a third like a third line center
0: yeah well with the injury to josh norris now he's definitely gonna get his opportunity as a top six center
1: oh for sure
0: yeah but i mean we'll save that when we get to the coyotes game though tim yeah So let's talk about Claude Giroux. Now, he also scored in this game with one goal on two shots. First goal of the game. You'll love to see it.
1: What a way the native of CARP, Ontario. Need you not forget to show that he is here as an Ottawa center.
0: Yeah, and he's looked very good. It's really amazing because with Claude Giroux, I was honestly... I didn't really know what to expect from Claude. I was just kind of hoping he was going to be still a good player at his advanced age, but he goes out there and he looks very good. He hasn't missed a step since last season, eh? He really hasn't. He really hasn't. And it's actually really cool to watch because, you know, you see him, you see DeBrink Cat, you see some of the young guns that we've, or some of the new guys we've brought in. There's always going to be that feeling of like, okay, how are these guys going to play? How good are they going to be on this team? So to see Claude not miss a step on this team, very inspiring. Yeah.
1: You know who played really well all three games this week, but even this week in particular, the Hammonick-Sampson, sorry, the Hammonick-Sanderson line. And it wasn't just Jake Sanderson being having all the poise of a five-year NHL veteran, Travis Hamanick has looked like a completely new player.
0: Yeah. And I know that's been a criticism for people this season has been the defense. And honestly, the Sens defense hasn't looked that bad. They it's haven't looked, good. they haven't looked great, but they haven't looked that bad. I'm going to hot
1: take here. The Sens defense has looked very, very good on this homestand. Like, Outside of this game where it just turned into a track meet, the Ottawa Senators' defense has, whenever it stepped on the ice, outplayed its opposition. And this is talking about all three lines. The Zoop-Shabbat line has been very, very good. sanderson Hamanik has been downright dominant at times, and Branstrom-Holden, you're getting more than you would expect out of a third pairing.
0: Yeah, and artem Zub. Had a goal in this game, and the crowd just yelled zoom as hard as they could. Yeah. So, no, Ottawa's
1: defense has early going has been a surprising strength of the team.
0: It really has. Yeah, it really has. I mean, it's been a good one. You know, it's funny, and I'm looking at my notes here, Tim, is you know, you would think I would have tons of notes about the players and some stuff I noticed. The more the off ice stuff really kind of sup- really I want to highlight. One thing I really noticed about this game and Drake Ratherson had a goal in this game that got called back. Bit of a, argue, Bit of a argue that should have counted, but that's not the point. So the Bruins challenged the Batherson goal. Yeah. And, you know, the refs, they're counting and I'm listening, I'm watching the game and I hear this ding, 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 ding. And I'm hearing this. I'm like, that's, that's the gold night pause music. <laughs> and it's funny because this summer, I suggested to Alex Marchand he <laughs> should use the Gold Knight pause theme during a break in the action. And Alex is like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. Yep.
1: No, that's beauty.
0: And I love the fact that he even commented that because somebody's like, yeah, man, I love that. And he's like, yeah, number of people have mentioned me. You know, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do so good the only thing the only other thing i got in this game though tim brian five or six was at the game nice you might be surprised or not surprised for the first time in a long time the canadian tire ran out of beer
1: i'm not surprised at all i'm
0: not saying that brian was the reason but i'm saying he possibly might be the reason
1: but also that's kind of impressive that they managed to sell it a beer
0: yeah, but well, you got to think, right? The Senators haven't had a sold sellout in six years.
1: Right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: And it's funny. We're talking about the sellouts because I know that I know you didn't get a chance to watch it. So uh, Secret Base, their YouTube channel, they are SB Nation based. So their stuff is very, very good. So they did a video called Collapse. And Collapse is, it's, what's in the title? Basically, it's a sports team that was at the highest of highs, and you just watched the collapse of this team. They've done, it, they've done it for the Orlando Magic. They did it for the Lakers. They've done it for a number of teams in the past. They did one the other day that came out, actually yesterday, as the time of this recording, Saturday, October 22nd, of the 2017 Ottawa Senators. You know, the mainstream media, if you recall that 2016-17 run, the big storyline was the fact we couldn't sell up games. Yeah. Not a single person in the mainstream media talked about the fact, A, Ottawa's a government town. You and I have talked about this. You work for the government or have a government job. Yeah. The Phoenix pay system was a big pain in the ass at the time. People weren't getting paid. SB Nation mentioned that. Oh, neat. Fucking mainstream media didn't mention that at the time. SB Nation mentioned this in that video. And I was like, that's really surprising because nobody ever brought that up at all. We brought it up.
1: I had buddies who weren't getting like coming out of college and just weren't getting paid because Lamo Phoenix.
0: Yeah. The only comment I can, last comment I want to make on this game really was the fact that. You want to talk about anxiety. Holy shit, dude. Very much, this episode will probably be called cardiac arrest Ends. <laughs> this is what the, This game was cardiac arrest for me. Because, uh, again, we were up 3-1. We were looking dominant. And next thing you know, Boston ties it up. And we're like, uh-oh, this is not good. But then all of a sudden, just like pew, pew, like that game was track me. Yeah. It was fun. It was, Tim. It was. So do you have any more comments you want to make on this game before we hit off into the Caps versus Sens
1: game? No, it was just a very good game for the Ottawa Senators and the Bruins. They definitely made that home opener interesting. And the Bruins are a very good team. Like, I know how like everyone was talking about how it was going to be the Bruins that weren't we're going to be the team to take the step back in the Atlantic. No, it looks like the, the Bruins are going to be the Bruins again this year. And seeing that Ottawa can go toe to toe with them is very encouraging.
0: It is. And I know a lot of the big criticism I know people might have on these games is that again, Boston traveled and they're injured. Washington's injured. Arizona's on a 15 or 14 game road trip to start the season. Oh, the beam crew, the meme trip to be fair, Toronto lost to,
1: that team plus Jacob Shikrin. So uh I don't want to hear it.
0: Because we'll uh we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about that yeah. game. But let's talk about the second game of the evening, Tim. Capitals versus Senators. This is a five to two Senators victory. Caps goes are scored by TJ Oshi and Anthony Mantha. Sens goals are scored by Drake Bathroom to two, Shane Pinto, Tyler Mott, and Alex kit Shots were to 24 for the Senators. T.J. Oshie opens the scoring to make it 1-0 Capitals, going top shelf. Anthony Mathis scores to make it 2-0. Drake Matheson scores twice to tie the game at 2 for Ottawa. Shane Pinto scores to make it 3-2 Senators with a beauty wrister from the slot. And Tyler Mott and Alex DeBrinket score twice on the empty net to make it a 5-2 Senators victory.
1: This was a dominant effort by the Senators. Outside of just kind of a weak, kind of wobbly start, it was just all sends for about 50 minutes.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I, I wish I could really go into depth about this game. Cause it seemed like a really good one, but unfortunately I had to work late that day. And when I, once I got home, I was just like, ah, yeah, I just don't want, it. you know, you know, those days, right. You come home from work. You're like, yeah, I don't really want to do anything, but that's okay. Let's talk about your buddy, the East coast champ himself, Drake Batherson, two goals on four shots. God dang, he looked good. Yeah, any worries
1: about Drake Batherson being completely altered after that brutal collision with Aiden Hill last year? Completely gone.
0: Yeah. I don't the think man he, is... No, no, that wasn't Aiden Hill. That no, was, Aiden Hill. was... Frick was his name.
1: He was a backup for Martin Jones.
0: Yeah, I know. Um... Oh my god, it's, it's killing me right now. I do love the fact that Drake Batherson, our favorite East Coaster, who's actually born in Indiana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he is. It's just very funny to think about it now that you put it that way.
0: I know, right? But it's so true. And Drake looked good in this game, though. I, there's oh, yeah. no, you know, there's no denying that. Another guy who's going to be very, who's very good in this game. Shane Pinto. One goal and four shots. I got to ask, Tim, when talking about Shane Pinto scoring from the slot, when is that going to be considered his office?
1: He has to do it about 10 more times.
0: That's the over-under?
1: I think that's the over-under, yeah. But like that's the thing about Shane Pinto is he's a guy who, he almost always wins those 50-50 battles, which just lets him get into these great shooting positions or put someone else into a great shooting position position he's strong he's hard on pucks and he's very smart like this is a guy who i can see being on the senators for a long time and i've said it before he he kind of reminds me of back when the penguins had Sidney crosby malkin and jordan Stahl. Mm -hmm. it reminds me of the jordan Stahl archetype there that very strong defensively minded center with great upside
0: no, 100%, man, 100%. Now, I, I can't remember, was it this game where somebody asked him about his gamer tag and he says that, yeah, I was a huge Crosby fan, so my this game, gamer yeah. tag is hate OV1112? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> hate Ovechkin. And they're like, you know, and they're about. It's Like, is that with the eight? And he's like, nah, man, I should have put the eight in there, though.
0: Yeah. What What do you think is better? Shane Pinto giving his old gamer tag from when he was a kid? Or that kid from Montreal was it? Uh, oh, Arbor Jacki Arbor Jacki His nickname is Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, because it like, looks like
0: a Wi-Fi password. <laughs> it's so good.
1: I don't know. I li- I like that. It's just hate Ovechkin, and then the Pinto line uh, goes up primarily against the Ovechkin line, and Ovechkin is completely shut down.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention short- this because do you? Can you recall the last time Alex Ovechkin never scored against us? No. He did not score a goal in this game against us. No,
1: and it was nuts because the norris Brinkat Giroud line and the Joseph-Pinto-Mott line just had that line's number all night.
0: Another guy I want to comment here, Alex-Dubrinkat. One goal, one assist for two points on five shots. It is really good to see him get his first as the center that, you know, wasn't an empty netter? Was it? it was an empty netter. Was it empty I can't couldn't recall off the top of my head. Yeah. What's really impressive about him for me in this one when I was watching the condensed version, when he has the puck, his position. and we talked about this earlier in the episode. Like his positioning is very much like a lacrosse player. Guy comes at him and he just rolls off him. Well, the other thing, too, is the only
1: reason the guy's not scoring is he is getting robbed every time because he shoot like he's getting in at just firing lethal shots from between the dots he had one two three four shots on goal that are just between the dots this game between the dots low slot like he's going to score the guy's getting like insane quality shots like de should have had another goal on top of that like just from the quality of shots the guy's taking it's gonna come and like Good He's up. been setting up goals for Norris and Giroux too. Like, Dabrinkit's been excellent
0: this year. Well, another guy who's been fantastic this season is Anton Forsberg with 22 saves, a .917 save percentage. Man, he made some fantastic saves against uh, in this one against Washington. Oh, yeah, like especially that glove save on Ovechkin. That was nasty. It was nasty, man. Like, not a lot of goalies can stop that. So,
1: honestly, at this point, if Anton Forsberg puts up another, like, 10 good starts, I really have to wonder what happens with Cam Talbot. Because, like, Forsberg is clearly an NHL starter at this point. Yeah, maybe they
0: do uh, 1A, 1B.
1: That could very well work. But yeah, no. I think at this point it's hard to deny that he is an NHL start, like a starting goalie in the NHL.
0: 100%. Now, Tim, let's turn our attention to the third and final game of the evening: Coyotes versus Senators. This is a six to two Senators victory. Coyotes goals to scored by Dylan Gunther with his first NHL goal and Clayton Keller. Suns goals to scored by Brady Tkachuk, two, Shane Pinto, Josh Norris, Mark Kastelic, and Tyler Mott. Shots were 32-22 for Ottawa. Ottawa dominated Arizona throughout this game. The Senators opened the game controlling the play offensively, which would continue throughout. Arizona were able to get their game going as they potted two goals, but was not enough to secure the W.
1: And those Arizona goals, it was just like the meme is bullshit too. Like the first thing was just like a nothing shot that just kind of handcuffed Forsberg. The second one was Pachinko. Like Clayton Keller just kind of throws it forward, hoping to hit someone. It hits Sanderson, it hits Hamadick, it hits Forsberg and then bounces in. Like if one of those bounces had just gone like a normal bounce, Sanderson or Hamadick would have taken the puck up the ice. The refs were also doing everything in their power to try and even up that game. They were. Like the penalty calls were just very, it was very chintzy and you could kind of tell that the rest felt bad for Arizona, but no, Ottawa just laid a curb stomp
0: on. They really did. They really did, man. It was kind of sad to watch. And you know, usually I would have the stop, stop. He's already dead. I would have that clip on my phone, but I tried this in the past. It's It's never picked up in the episode. Like nobody really noticed. It doesn't pick it up through zoom.
1: What you should, what you can do is leave a pause for it. And then just, you're editing with either Audacity or GarageBand, right?
0: Audacity, yeah, I'm uploading. You can
1: add an extra track in and then take the, rip the YouTube video, grab the audio, just keep it as a MP3 file on your computer. And then you can introduce it in through Audacity.
0: Yeah, I do that through GarageBand anyway, so. Yeah. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's just easy enough to add in post.
0: No, I'm definitely going to have to put that on my computer. Now, let's talk about Brady Tachak, who had two goals on four shots. You know, in the first game, Tim, we're talking about Drake Bathory getting his 100th career NHL point. Brady Chachok got 200 for his career and looked fantastic doing it.
1: This was a Brady game. Like, pure and simple. Just aggressive work ethic throughout the whole thing. Which we love to see, honestly.
0: It was very much one of those games that you watch it and you're just like, oh, my God, it's like watching those mid-2000s teams all over again. But the amount of firepower we now have on this franchise, you know, it's so nice to have games that we watch where, you know, anytime we're in the offensive zone and we get the puck, your first thought is, oh, God, who's going to fuck up this time? And it's going to go out of the zone. Nothing. It's so refreshing and I love it.
1: You know what was weird about this game? What? Which Ottawa senator, non-goalie, do you think had the most ice time this game?
0: Okay. Is it a forward or a defenseman? Well, it's a
1: defenseman, naturally. Sanderson? No. Artem Zub with 25 minutes, Shabbat 23. I think that might be one of the first games under DJ Smith that I've watched where shabbat was not the leading minute eater
0: yeah and that's the one thing i've really noticed with shabbat this season is that you know we talked about this on the last week's episode where people have had the criticism of shabbat where it's like yeah it kind of looks like he's at 75 but you know what how much do you think it's because all the pressure is not on him now he's got guys on the back end to help him
1: yeah and it looks like shabbat's at 100 now
0: yeah he's so smooth it's, so, it's such a weird thing when you see Stutzla or Chuck or Batherson, where it looks like they're really putting in the effort where Shabbat just kind of looks like he's just gliding. Sanderson's like that too, eh? I want to talk about Jake Sanderson too, man. Two assists and one shot. I mean, good Lord, that long pass to Brady. Holy, Holy fuck. God. God. Watching that, I'm like, this kid is, what is he, 18, 19 years old? We're talking about a high school senior. We're talking about Sanderson the way we talked about Stutz in the last year, where we're just sitting there going, This kid's 19, 20 years old. He's incredible.
1: Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, Holy moly, this kid's going to be good. So, watching this game, the second period was incredibly frustrating because the Sens were just like they were in the control seat, but then Arizona just gets like two quick bullshit goals. And then it's just like, it's like that nervous. Okay, something stupid is going to happen because like Ottawa is just like kicking Arizona shit in. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even close. But uh, first credit to Forsberg. He didn't see a lot of action last on Sunday night. Sorry, Sorry. Sunday afternoon. It's a matinee game. But he made some wild saves to keep it at two for Arizona, including a save where... First save gets it with the stick falls back on his back and then grabs the next puck. Like actually insane work by Forsberg.
0: Question. What do you think about afternoon games? Uh, they're, they're kind of
1: nice on a weekend because yeah, you can just sit down and watch them.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, what's really shitty. I looked into the next ones and we're not, they're not really doing them this year. Well,
1: at the same time though, it's like, they're never the best hockey.
0: no, But you know what? I have no problem going to watch an afternoon game.
1: Yeah. I think it's also, we don't get as much of the weirdness from the Senators when they come out West. Yeah. Because like a 4 p.m. start in Calgary is pretty close to a 7 p.m. start in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is true. So I know this has been like a running theme for this episode, Tim. Described audio for the visually impaired. Yes, but also talking about Shane Pinto, who had one goal, one assist for two points on one shot, named for a star in this game. Another great yeah. game. Well, it's like Pinto has the first goal
1: and gets one of the insurance markers.
0: Drake Batherson's another guy I want to talk about who had two assists on five shots. And, you know, the one thing I really noticed about this game is that he had a couple of chances to bury one, but he passed it off.
1: There were also a few where he just
0: got like absolutely robbed. Oh, yeah, totally did. He totally did.
1: But at the same time, we can't be too greedy. And yes, we with can. eight. Yeah. With eight points in five games, Drake Batherson's put together a very nice start to the season. The only guy I can really think of who put off who's put up a better start than him, Crosby and Panarin. And like, if that's your company, you're doing something right.
0: Yeah, an Indiana East Coaster and Sydney Crosby. Good on you, Drake. Yep. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about here, Tim Stutzla, two assists and one shot. i going to say, looked fantastic. Yeah, no, and Stutzla,
1: it's, he's continuing to develop. And like I think he, he's looked better this year than he did last year.
0: Yeah, well, even Brady to Chuck, you know, and it's funny when you watch these guys like Brady and Batherson, you think, okay, that's probably where they're going to hit, but they found another gear this year.
1: Yeah. Well, remember, is 20, Brady Kachuk is 23, 24. Yep. Yeah. So, like, Brady Kachuk has another gear to find because, yeah, Brady Kachuk's 23. He still has some growing to do, which is insane. I know, the, right? The only thing I wish he could do is could he finish some of the chances he generates cuz the man is a an expected goals monster. He just can't put the goddamn puck in the net.
0: Well, it's it's kind of hard when there's a guy standing in front of you, right? So
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, Maybe he can just, you know, Chris Cry- no. He will not Chris Kreider more.
0: So, Tim, I don't have any more comments to make on these games. If you want to head off to the close for another episode.
1: Do you want to talk the Norris injury?
0: Okay, what happened on that?
1: I didn't even really get a chance to see that. He whiffed the face off and just fell kind of awkwardly. Oh, kind of like Pinto last year. Kind of like Pinto. I'm I'm hoping that for Norris, because there isn't an aggravating injury, that it won't be as bad as Pinto. Because remember that Pinto came back Rather quickly after the Jamie the injury sustained after getting cross-checked into the ice by Jamie Ben.
0: I'm kind of surprised there has been no update on what's going on with Norris right now. They're waiting to do an MRI. Ah, uh, okay.
1: So okay, we'll get a better idea once that's done.
0: Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the third line plug, SensCast. I hope you've enjoyed it because believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find us on Twitter at Third Line Player, your Twitter handle. Tim is at M91HoneyBadger. I'm at Great White GR8WATE Gipster. You can also find the show on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as you can find our email address, Third Line at gmail.com. Kind of sucks that we got dropped because now I got to figure out how I'm going to do with the close.
1: Well, we get to, you know what? Fifth year, new us, new closing. We we can work something, Tay. We can work something. I was gonna say you mean sixth year, sixth right? Yeah, we did start. We did start doing our practice episodes in the 2017 season, so 2016, 2016 2017 season. So yeah, six years.
0: Do clothes? Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Until next week, guys. I am your host Taylor gibson Subscribe to Audio, and I'm Tim Jensen. Go Sam, guys. Woo.